This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company. Making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This has been created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when women truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Today, I'd like to welcome Stephen B. Poulter. He's a PhD. He is renowned Los Angeles-based clinical psychologist in the private practice with over 30 years of experience. He is the author of The Father Factor, The Art of Successful Failure, father, your son, and most recently, the shame factor. Such an honor to have you coming back on here, Steve. And thank you, brother. Hey, David, it is, I, it's, it's being at home, man. I love what you do and what the podcast and empowering fathers, because uh, being a father is a privilege. A lot of guys think it's, you know, an obligation, but it's a privilege. And with that, today, we're going to talk about boundaries. And Dave, I'm gonna take five minutes to kind of give you the, the quick notes or the shorthand notes on why boundaries are so important. And particularly as fathers, how to give, teach our kids to have boundaries internally. So in the world, they function at their maximum and reach their potential. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan, brother. Go ahead, take it away. Okay, I'm gonna run with this. Boundaries, I use the analogy are like Mammoth Mountain and the weather. Now, right now up in Mammoth, uh, we're in the winter here, it, you know, there's 18 feet of snow. We go up there again in August and there's no snow and it's hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. And some people would say, using the analogy of boundaries, well, um, that person doesn't love me. There's no snow mm-hmm. or I'm not good enough. There's no snow here versus boundaries are like the mountain. They don't change. You establish them and they're constant. Hmm. What changes is our emotions and that's the weather. The weather are, is our emotions. Like, you know, in uh, this last week, the East Coast had a blizzard, but that doesn't change the foundation, which is your core cell. And part of that is having boundaries with yourself, uh, with the world and the people you interact with. And there's four parts to boundaries, David. There's emotional, physical, literally physical, uh, relational, mm-hmm. and spiritual and personal. And using the analogy of the mountain, we have to develop, build that within us. And by the way, everyone's got boundaries, David. Mm-hmm. Everybody has them. The question is, is it a faint line? Are they demarcated? Are you able to have boundaries and interact with people? 
Or some people overcompensate in the workplace, like they're told by a supervisor to do something, but because they feel so, um, I'm going to say vulnerable, they get real aggressive and they take their boss on or they, you know, mouth off and get terminated. That's having weak boundaries or undeveloped. I don't like the word weak, undeveloped, underdeveloped boundaries. Okay. People ask me, how do you, I ask all the time, hey, Dr. Steve, how do you have boundaries? I get guys in their 20s getting out of college. You know, what are the boundaries like? And I said, there's the emotional. Oh, there's the emotional and physical. Isn't just physical in the world, but who your body is, how you feel about yourself and your health and how you take care of yourself. That is a boundary. And relationship boundaries is the ability to say yes and to say no. Hmm. And there's a saying in psychology, until you learn how to say no, you don't know how to say yes. Wow. Yeah. Until you learn how to say no, you don't know how to say yes. That is a relationship boundary. You know, that's why little, you see kids, Dave, when your kids are younger. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're learning. Yeah. No, I don't, no, no, no. Okay. Gotcha. That's great, though. You're saying no. And that's how we establish relationship boundaries. I'm going to go back to emotional in a minute, but relationship boundaries, a lot of times fathers and daughters, there's kind of this murky water and doesn't get developed. Then the daughter goes out in the world seeking validation, mm -hmm. but her boundaries aren't established very well. And she can get herself into all sorts of emotional relationship uh, trouble or, you know, go down the wrong road, if you will. Mm -hmm. You get involved uh, with somebody who exploits her because she doesn't know how to say no. And lastly is the spiritual personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's who we are, David. Okay. And that gets back to having empathy, acceptance, and understanding for ourselves. Empathy is, I can't hate on myself. Like I'm not perfect because a form of perfection is self-loathing. I'll say that again. When you think you have to be perfect, you're really rejecting yourself. There is no perfection. We know that spiritually. It's about learning and growing. And that's empathy, embracing who you are. Accepting is, I'm in this field. These are the, uh, this is what my life is. I accept that. I don't wish to be somebody else, but I accept my circumstances. And um, understanding is the ability to think of others. That's a big one. Mm, yeah, That's wow. a big one. That's a big one. This is all boundaries, David. You have those three in place. You're able to emotionally not cross the line. I use the analogy. Boundaries is like playing tennis, David. Mm -hmm. You got your side of the court. You hit the ball over the net to the other side. But many times as dads, we run over to the other side thinking we're being a good dad to help them hit the ball back. We're not helping them. Hmm. We're not helping them. We're, in fact, we're telling them they're not capable. I, I tell parents, you may sit with your son or daughter while they do their homework, but don't do their homework. Mm -hmm. Sounds easy. Second grade. Okay, this is a true story. Uh, this last fall, uh, kids apply to college for this upcoming fall. I have parents who write the college essay. How do you think right. that goes? David, wow. how do you? I, I'm not making it up. I wish I was exaggerating. Every year I pull my hair out. I'm like... Well, I want, him to, I want him to have a good essay. Mm. Mm. Now, you can edit it. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I get that. Like, okay, let me check your grammar or whatnot. But you write it. And David, on 
as much as I'm going to have a glass of water today, that's how many times I've had people do that. And what it tells the son or daughter is you're not capable. Wow. And good boundaries, fathers, dads, is we have to stop ourselves. Mm-hmm. By doing that, we stay on our side of the court. We have to own 100% of our 50. But it teaches our child how to become competent versus inferior. Mm-hmm. That's the power of boundaries. Emotionally, physically, relationally, and spiritually. So, David, there's my five-minute rip. No, no, that's important that you just said that in that five minutes. Um, there's so much truth to everything you said. Yeah. Um, I could see where there would be where the dangers of helicopter parenting. Oh, I tried, David. I play. I know? tried not to use that word. Helicopter parenting. I always tell the check yourself. Your boundaries aren't good. Hmm. You're violating your child. What are you talking about? I'm looking out. No, you're not. You're violating them. Because if you need to be a helicopter, you clearly haven't done what you need to do for them. Mm-hmm. Teach them boundaries, how to say no, how to be responsible, and also let them learn. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know boys need to fall off their bike, literally, to learn how to ride one. Yes. Don't hold, don't hold the bike. Let them ride it. Mm. Metaphorically. Now, you said something that I thought was really interesting because I'd been thinking about this myself and, and just uh, exercising it in my relationship with my daughter as well. Um, how does that acceptance and self-worth play in not having good boundaries? Ugh, I just, okay, there's a thing called social media right now mm-hmm. where a lot of teenage women, teenage girls get caught up in being validated by how many likes or who's following them, or on Snapchat. Having boundaries is knowing your self-worth is inside of you. Mm-hmm. It's not outside of you. It's not your looks. It's not your wealth. It's not your education. It's who you are inside. Are you kind? Are you loving? The golden rule. Mm-hmm. Empathy and understanding. That's where boundaries come in. And for daughters, as dads, accepting our daughters and empowering them is teaching them how to say no. Mm. Not yes. Teaching them how to say no. Mm-hmm. And that avoids, you know, I hate to get into it, um, date rapes, uh, sexual exploitation. Mm-hmm. And can you know, there's guys out there that are just not, they don't have boundaries and they encroach on women. Mm-hmm. And teaching our daughters how to say no <clears throat> is empowering them. Mm-hmm. In the workplace, for instance, I had a client call me from, she was on vacation at Christmas time and she's around her family members, extended relatives. And she felt a couple of the neighbors were really creepy. And I told her if they try to touch you or do anything, scream like you're getting stuck with a hot fork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that made sense to her. Yes. Like it made sense to her to have boundaries that way. Okay. Mm. Now her father's passed away. So I, I understand why she's struggling with that. Okay. Yes. You know, but David teaching our daughters to be empowered starts with our ability to teach them how to say no. Wow. And I guess you have to say no to know what you want. Hmm. And, and that totally makes sense because when you say no, if you really look at it and dissect it, man, there's freedom in that when there's, yes. There's, there's freedom mm-hmm. to be able to say, no, I don't like this, you know? Exactly. And that, bre- and that strengthens that inner, your soul. 
your mm-hmm. soul gets stronger. You get more connected. Being, saying no for a lot of times when women gets viewed as a bitch. No, she's not going to be violated or a victim. Mm. And all this, you know, the Me Too movement, fundamentally, it's right on because they're trying to teach women how to have boundaries. Yes. Say no. Now, it may cost her. You start her young saying no in elementary school, middle school, high school, college. By the time she gets to the workplace, she's like a velvet covered brick. Mm-hmm. Smooth, comfortable, and but she's got that backbone like a brick. No, I, I, I don't do that. No, I'm not going to compromise. No, you are sexually getting weird with me. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how we empower our daughters. Mm-hmm. Now with and- our son, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, um, I had a past guest, Gianni uh, Simone. She's a, yes. she's, she's a, a model actress, movie star, all these things, beautiful young lady. And uh, she talked about how she had to learn acceptance and who mm-hmm. she was and self-worth, right? David, that is boundaries. In psychology, having empathy, acceptance, understanding. Now, I have some people that are born into major wealth. I'm talking like, yeah, you know, incredible. And they feel guilty. Hmm. I always say, God gave you a gift. Accept it. And Johnny, I, I saw the podcast. She has the gift of influencing people in a positive, loving way. What a gift. Yeah. You know, and I tell clients, accept what, you, what you've been given. And many times, it's the good stuff they have a hard time accepting. Mm-hmm. You know, Why is you. that? David, it gets back to shame that we don't think we're good enough. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. I'm not using my, I really believe that shame is our disconnection from our best self, our higher self from God, from whatever we call the divine. Mm-hmm. It separates because we think we're not, we're not worthy. We're not worth it. And that's why we say yes to stuff we really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got teenage boys all the One kid, you know, the, the guys are driving around crazy. And then one, my client says, I really want to get out of the car. Yeah, but I didn't really know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? Hey, dude, come on. I, I need to go home. Or, I got to go. I, I can't do this. Well, they won't like me. Yes, they will. They'll respect you. Mm. And I tell uh, teenage boys, you say no. After a while, they respect you because they know you tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And same with women. You know, and like... Uh, on the, on the show she's had to learn how to accept her gift and not having boundaries is we let people tell us who we are that's a problem yeah that's problematic david that's where we get in a lot of trouble and i want to go back to um the mountain mm-hmm. and the weather okay people are like the weather they change with the seasons but having that core self it doesn't change and that's having boundaries it allows you to function, David, within a safe area and be more effective. Like you have boundaries with the show, times you show up, things you do, uh, your career, the podcast, your family. All that requires boundaries, knowing where you stop and start. Now, is it safe to say that now that I'm thinking about it and you've, you've, yeah. brought up, you've hit on all these points, I see boundaries as kind of like a moral compass. You're right. David, you are right on. I mean, countries go to war over boundaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got this issue in, in Eastern Europe right now with the Ukraine and Russia. 
it's all about boundaries. Do they cross that line literally mm-hmm. as an act of war or don't they? On a personal level, it, it's the same issue. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. You, everyone has a place where they stop and start. Hmm. To your point. Yeah, no, and, and it's interesting because I, I recognize that I see that, and in my life, I want to teach my daughter, right? Because I don't want some mm-hmm. boy, you know, her, <laughs> her like, like you talked about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just really pushing an issue when yeah. she says no, and then she can't stand up for herself, right. and then winds up doing something that she never really wanted to do in the first place because that that boy doesn't respect boundaries, you know what I mean, or whatever. Well, you, you know, know? and David. It's, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. When dads, now, moms have an incredible role. I'm just, I'm, we want, we're trying to empower dads how to be more involved. Yes. I always tell dads, I don't have to say to my teenage daughter, talk about how, how often does she say no? Bring up the conversation on the ability to say no. Mm-hmm. And she's going to look at you like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so I lean into the camera like, what? that seriously what's wrong can we just go to lunch and not talk to me okay i can do that <laughs> right <laughs> and don't think i haven't heard that okay um <laughs> and i go how do you say no to your girlfriends you get a blank stare oh why well i don't want to upset them i hear that one a lot david mm-hmm. and with guys too you go honey if if you're saying no to something with your moral compass like, I don't want to do, I don't want to experiment with drugs. You know, I don't want to um, vape mm-hmm. Friday night. And they pass around. And yeah, I don't want to do that. Deep down, they respect you. Mm-hmm. They may pressure you, but deep down, they respect you. And that's what we have to drive home to our daughters. Mm-hmm. We'll get to sons in a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Where our daughters, they learn how to say no. They're going to attract good girlfriends and good boyfriends. Hmm. They're good attracted. Man, that that and that's interesting because you know, there's right now in the world, there's there's going around, you know, the law of attraction, right? You attract who you want to be with or or be around, David, you know what I mean? Uh, with positive uh, energy and stuff like yeah. that, right? And listen, I I couldn't agree with it more. I it's true. Mm-hmm. So people say guys will say, Hey, I really want to attract a great woman. Well, what are your boundaries with women? Where where do you stop and start with women? Wow. And they look at me like is the hour up yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> no, and I can see because it's deep, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, what kind of women do you attract? There's well, a reason why. Yeah. It forces them to look inwards. What are you attracting? David, you know? to look inward, boundaries is your sense of self, where you are with God, yourself, and the world. Mm-hmm. The big three. Okay? It's been since the beginning of time, since we've been on this planet. And Having boundaries, you, you and I could say having a sense of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I like the word boundaries because people kind of get that. And boundaries isn't so much the staying in your lane as it is understanding your lane. Yeah. What's in your lane. I'm not worried about you staying it, but you understand it. Because mm-hmm. if you understand it, then you know when to leave it and when to accept it, when to bring somebody in, when not to. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Do you understand it? Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you this because I see this even in my career now. You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a full-time instructor at the Cal Nevada JTC where we're raising and training the best linemen coming out in the country, right? 
Congratulations. Oh. By the oh, way, you. David. Thank you. Listen, thank they you. got they got the Heisman Trophy guy there with you. <laughs> they got the Sean McVay uh, uh, lineman. Oh well, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Steve. One of the things we're teaching our guys now mm-hmm. is the understanding of the why, right? And that's mm. a that's a big movement, okay. Everybody Ooh. wants to know the why, and that's worth training these guys. The reason why you mm-hmm. do this is why and what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, and what you can do. Now, with that being said, is there a point to where understanding and having that knowledge where you start wanting to push the envelope? Do you ever see that? Yes. Do you know, on you know a, what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. On a professional level, mm-hmm. why do I, um, you know, why do I need to listen to um, my supervisor? He mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear that, I go, "Okay, stop! You are in trouble. You're in trouble." Mm-hmm. A, he does know. B, what's in you that wants something from him? Mm-hmm. There's something in you that you want something from him. Otherwise, you wouldn't discount him. Mm. Okay? And boundaries are also how to control our impulses. Not to to overeat, get to bed on time, get up, go to the gym. I mean, tell me where it doesn't fun. You can call it discipline. Okay. Discipline. Like, I try to get to bed at a certain time. When I don't, I I bear the consequences. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm having boundaries to myself. No, I, I don't need to read anymore you know, uh, watch something or talk. That's a boundary. I need to have that with myself mm-hmm. or taking care of my health. I got a lot of men, David, at my practice. And I'm sure you know, too, mm-hmm. don't take care of their teeth. I I'm like, okay, really? Yeah, really? Uh, it's one of the leading causes of heart disease in men. Wow. That bacteria, you swallow it and guess where it goes mm-hmm. straight into your heart and your blood system. Hmm. I know having a boundary is having discipline to take care of yourself because if I take care of myself, my kids intuitively pick up on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. intuitively. I don't have to tell them. They see me going to the dentist, taking care of myself. It sounds trivial, but it really, Dave, then the father factor in the workplace, Mm -hmm. they're able to take an instruction because they've learned how to say yes and no. Mm -hmm. Many times I find oppositional employees, Okay, who was critical of you growing up? Who demeaned you? Who never listened to you? Hmm. And David, it's it's like jumping out of a boat. You're going to hit the water. You're not going to miss. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, with the linemen, you guys, when your supervisor says something, you have to, not have to, you choose to accept it. And over time, you learn. And there's a way to talk to somebody and ask them questions and gain information without offending them or mm-hmm. being confrontational. Yeah, Dave, you're good. You're good at that. You're very good at that. Well, it, it took me reading uh, verbal judo. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you know? It took me. I'm with you. Uh, being a former police officer, I had to learn early on my ability to read people, have boundaries, but to understand them. Understanding. Remember that was a big three: mm-hmm. empathy, acceptance, understanding was like driving with the brakes on or the car's going 50. 
it's that mm-hmm. mark of a different. When you understand people, then you can speak to them. Huh. No, it's exactly, you know, and it even goes forward even to how we deal with our own spouse, right? Because our kids are watching oh, us, right? Let's come home now. Yeah, let's come home. Okay, having boundaries is that you come home and we're tired and irritable and our wife asks, rather than snap at her, I check myself. No, yeah, honey, I can't interrupt it. We can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. That's having boundaries with yourself. And Dave, the one thing on this show I want to go over and over is ultimately it's you having boundaries with yourself. Mm-hmm. I got to keep myself on my side of the tennis court. Mm. Not be throwing hand grenades over my wife's side. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm having a bad day. Okay, then go manage it. <laughs> you know, go manage it call me back right metaphorically yeah right um, keep going Dave. ask me some more i know you got more questions for me oh one of the things i've been doing steve because i chose now to not do the things in the past that that have caused my family great pain right that's that's growing and yourself exactly so one of the things i've done now is in the past, I recognized where I was dealing with the situation, so I started to withdraw. Now, that withdrawal, my wife took it as I did not like her. I didn't want to be, mm. able to be around her, all this stuff. you know. But in internally, I was dealing with stuff that was going on from past yeah. traumas or whatever, you know, yeah. or how that day or whatever, you know, like most men do. And I was trying to protect them in a sense, right? I thought I was. But in reality, I was causing damage because I was creating this 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 void to where my wife she wanted to be intimate with me, right? Because intimacy mm-hmm. is intimacy, right? Right. And absolutely, she, she thought I didn't want nothing to do with her. So now going back, I've mm-hmm. changed that. I okay. recognize that. I changed that, and now what I'm doing is I'm letting her know, hey, I am not okay. You know, this is what's going on, and we're having that open dialogue, that open communication. You know. David, that's gold. Okay, that gets back to the, the, the four parts to masculinity. We'll do this another time, David. There's four parts to masculinity. Mm-hmm. Our emotional intelligence, our physical intelligence, relational, mm-hmm. spiritual, and personal. What you did relationally, you had a boundary. You explained, hey, I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing personal. I got to go. I'm going to go for a 15-minute walk. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, honey. See, we don't communicate. Many times when we think we're protecting, really protecting ourselves from feeling our frustration. Yep. We're not protecting anybody. Wow. I know. <laughs> you hit the nail right in the head with that one. I yeah. Think so. We're just throwing the ball down the field here. <laughs> David, when I hear people say, I want to protect my daughter or son from this. No, you want to protect yourself. Mm. Own it. That way you can really address it. Hmm. Now, Steve, I wanted to tell you one of the one of the goals I've been talking about and, and teaching and, and, yeah. and, you know, just practicing in my family mm-hmm. is teaching my children to make good decisions for themselves. Right. And what we've been doing is we're helping them be more self-aware with mm-hmm. the decisions they are making. And I think that's a part of the whole boundary that we're oh, talking about right now. Absolutely. You know? And as dads, we have to stay on our side of the tennis court. Right. Now. We have to, boys learn from experience. Mm-hmm. Operative word, helicopter parenting, we, we're telling the child, we'll experience it. We don't want you to experience frustration or pain, so let me help you. Wrong. I mean, they're not running in 
onto the free. We're talking relationships, like um, middle school. Dave, how old's your son now? I have eight and six, the two of them. Okay. At six years old, which one's eight? Uh, the middle one, Lucas, he's, uh, he's the redhead. Yeah. He's, he's eight. <laughs> okay, yeah. A second grade going on to third grade? Uh, third grade, actually. Yeah. Okay, in third grade, I tell dads, you want to hear them out. Like they get mad at somebody or they feel unfair. Mm-hmm. We want to give our sons a foreign language called emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that helps them have a sense of self, which is a boundary. Mm-hmm. And me too, parents, dads want to, I don't want my son to be abusive. Then teach him boundaries. Because if he can control himself, he has no problem understanding others. And he wow. won't abuse, if he controls himself, he won't abuse others. Hmm. Absolutely. And at eight years old, you know, reading's picking up, homework's picking up. But as they learn, like we see their spelling words are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that, you think that's, are you good with that? Okay. So what happens if you don't get a good grade? You know, you talk, you don't, this might happen. Okay. Maybe we ought to redo this. What do you think? You know, you, you don't do it for them. Mm-hmm. But if I say a lot of parents will say they're good. Do you want to go to summer school? Nope. Okay. Then you need to do this. Mm-hmm. I hear that more with high schoolers, you know, and they don't want to go to summer school. Then you got to get your grades up. Mm-hmm. Boys do well with that. Okay. Also, okay. I'm going to jump into this with our uh, daughters. There's a documentary about Jeffrey Epstein called filthy rich. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, it's very, very, very powerful. I don't suggest it for light reading. <laughs> okay. Okay. I watch it as people ask me about it. And one of the things that jumped out to me were all the victims, the girls had one thing in common. No one was monitoring them. Wow. Teaching our boys boundaries helps them to allow to stay connected to their parents. And so they're monitored and they monitor themselves and they allow you to parent them. Mm -hmm. And these girls had no one monitoring them. Hence, they also had, because of that, they had no boundaries. Mm -hmm. They had no boundaries. I know it's an extreme. And well, I don't know if that's that extreme or not, but that situation, that's how it was so prolific. Mm -hmm. Every one of those girls did not have someone watching them. Mm. And, and they couldn't watch themselves. They didn't know. They didn't understand it. So with your six and eight-year-old boy, teaching them boundaries, they learn to monitor themselves. Mm-hmm. It goes back like, wait, that's not right. I don't want to do that. I could do that. That's really weird. I don't want to do that. That's how boys think. Mm-hmm. And then they don't do it. Wow. Really good stuff. No, it is. And um, man, it just goes to show how powerful our influence as fathers is. I mean, when you say there's no monitoring... Where was the father at? You know, and people will say to me, well, the dads are dead, prison. Yes. And they were living at home with their dads Mm -hmm. and they're living home with their moms and their moms weren't drug addicts. I mean, we're talking Florida. We're talking, you know, uh, West Palm beach. We're not a very nice area. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, there's a wealthy, there's a billionaire area. And then there's a nice area. The nice area is absolutely appropriate. You know, it's not some inner city thing where they've, there's a lot of other issues going, but nobody was, these girls did not get that type of attention growing up because giving our kids, teaching them boundaries in a sense of self, David, 
It takes a lot of effort on our part. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's watching and letting them do something and then kind of helping them get back on, get back on the bike of life. I think also too is getting them to recognize the motivation behind the decisions they're making. Right on. Absolutely. You know? What's in the concept. I say boys do better with consequences, okay. natural occurring consequences are so powerful for kids. Um, I parents, some my son has 15 um, homework assignments to, I go, let the school deal with it. Hmm. They will fail him or whatever, and he'll have to deal with it. And the parents are like, wow, no, let natural, natural occurring for boys really work. Mm-hmm. You know, and with daughters, knowing that you care about them, that is a very strong consequence. Mm-hmm. That's a big one because girls are more like, do you like me? Okay, what's the consequence? Where boys are, what's the consequence? Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's so true. Isn't it? <laughs> what's a, oh, Dad, what's the deal? What's, oh, do you still like me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> with a daughter. Yeah. You know, with the daughters, do you like me? Yeah. Okay. So what, what's the consequence? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's so true going back to our daughters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, they want our approval. David, I remember hearing this years ago. The best way to get your daughter's approval is give it to her. Yes. <laughs> so just give it to her. Honey, now you're going to do things. Like we always hear this, you know, you can do things I don't like, but that doesn't change my approval of you. I want you to learn. Mm-hmm. I want you to learn because th- that way you learn how to say no. Mm. I can't learn it for you. Like you're teaching these linemen how to save their life, David. You can't do it for them. They're going to learn. Mm-hmm. They're learning from the best, learning from you, which is fantastic. But they have to learn how to say no to taking risk and not following procedures. Mm-hmm. Because they think it might be a shortcut. I can't imagine there is, but, you know. Oh, no, there's definitely shortcuts in our trade. Um, yeah, I can imagine, Dave. Uh, a lot of times what I've seen, just because we're, ta- we're talking about this, yeah. is these guys were showed a particular shortcut, mm-hmm. and they were never told why. They just took that as it mm. was gold, that that was the correct way. So now they've developed these bad habits. Mm-hmm. You know, and those bad habits, you know, I'm sure you've seen that pyramid chart where accidents happen. It starts off and it yep. just keeps going and going and going until mm-hmm. you get to that point where it's catastrophic, you know, and uh, they start building on these bad habits over and over and over again. And it's just, it's, it's, it's wrong, you know? Yeah. And David, and that's part of this whole thing we're talking about again. I'm going to go back to the four parts of mm-hmm. teaching our sons and daughters boundaries, how to have emotional boundaries. I'm going to go back. That's a big one. Emotional boundaries is learning how to read what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. It's inside of me. No one's causing me to feel sad. I'm choosing. There's something inside of me that's making me sad. Well, I hope this was going to go better. Okay. I can't blame that. I, it starts in me. Mm-hmm. That's having emotional boundaries with people. Hmm. Self-awareness. Very empowering. Because there's a word, code self-awareness david nothing is not being codependent codependent is i need you to approve of me for me to feel good so i'll do anything i can to get your approval mm-hmm. and now we're in a you know a free fall into the grand canyon and it's crazy too because i've seen that even in my relationship with my wife um mm-hmm. 
I depended upon her being in a good mood or, or feeling good. Cause you know, she, she had an ailment and, you know, she's, you yeah. know, she, she was diagnosed with Lyme. So anytime she didn't feel good or was having a bad day, mm-hmm. I would get upset because it made me feel uncomfortable and it made me feel like I couldn't do nothing for her. So I felt inadequate and I made it about myself versus being empathetic and saying, Hey honey, yes. what do you need? How can I help you? David, right on. There is the other side of the tennis court. Mm-hmm. Empathy. She doesn't feel good. I wish you were feeling better, honey. But I think as sons, young boys, it sometimes taps into our mother factor. Mm-hmm. When our moms were sick, the world didn't feel safe. Yes. And I tell guys, you want to have a great marriage, leave your mom at home. Wow. Don't bring her. Yeah. When I have a great marriage, leave your mom at home. Oh, like, yeah, that's really funny. No, it's, it's really true. You know, wow. ask wives how their mother-in-law works. You know, and David, what you did for your wife was you saw her independent as your wife and you're because she was not feeling well, you weren't in danger on a, on a visceral level, Mm -hmm. really powerful. It is, it is. It's, it's, it's crazy how we tend to go back to our own childhood and whether it be our mother and Mm -hmm. see similarities there or even similarities with our own father. Um, I like to do that with my daughter. I like to trace back similarities. And one of the ways we do that is Mm -hmm. we'll ask her, what do you like about, say, for instance, she came to me and talked about this boy, which is really awesome because for the first time she's, I built that trust with her to where she feels comfortable to tell me that there's a boy who likes her or whatever. And she asked me my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. So now that she's doing that, I ask her, so what do you like about so-and-so? And is there any similarities that you see there that you like, you know, and she starts, you know, discusses some, you know, like things mm-hmm. she likes about him. Like, okay, do you see daddy doing that stuff? You know? And she's like, wow. And she starts making the connection. Wow. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. My mm. daddy does work out. My daddy is, you know, uh, very rambunctious or whatever. You know what I mean? She starts seeing the similarities in, in the people she's looking at that she has an attraction to. You know what I'm saying? Boy, Dave, that is, that is an elevated discussion in my book, okay? That is really <laughs> yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times girls don't even have that insight. Young, late, young women, maybe not till college or, or post-college. Mm-hmm. But the time that your daughter hits college, she'll have a very clear idea of what she wants and doesn't want. Mm-hmm. Now, that's personal power. And that gets back to people say, how do I know? How do I make a sense of myself? Empathy, acceptance, and understanding. Mm-hmm. Ex- you know, empathy, understanding who you are, you know, um, and compassion for others. Acceptance of your circumstances in life. You know, acceptance is, is okay for me to learn. Mm-hmm. That's really what self-acceptance is, David. I get, you know, to boil it down, all the great theorists, Carl Jung, Freud, Carl Rogers, they all said, having compassion to learn, mm-hmm. you, you hold the key to life. Hmm. You hold the key to life. And Thomas Edison said, you know, when he asked him, you know, how'd you feel about uh, taking, you know, 800 times to learn how to, get the right formula for a light bulb well i had 800 life lessons wow i believe sincerely that's one of his greatest contributions was his ability to accept learning mm-hmm. didn't view it as failure learned it viewed it as learning i really believe that mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. aside from his genius, I really feel like part of his life mission was to teach us that learning breeds miracles mm-hmm. and, and, and change the world. No, and, and it does. I mean, and it's look at you, Dave. Since I've met you, I, I'm witnessing you just you know growing like a a redwood tree. Sincerely, mm, thank you. I, I appreciate you know, it. genuinely in your your ministry, your mission, empowering fathers. That's all part acceptance. Mm-hmm. If you didn't accept Dave, there's no way this is happening. No way. Hmm. Can't do it, man. And I've been noticing that too. Like I've been talking about this, and I recognize it in my home is acceptance right starts at home oh my gosh david right on if if it's not there it's not going to happen and that's why you know there are a lot of boys around us as our as your sons get older start doing baseball and soccer you'll see fatherless boys Mm -hmm. doesn't mean their dad's gone or dead or not involved they're not connected and our jobs is to accept those boys because when a boy feels accepted, he's willing to live life. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't feel accepted, he's always trying to get acceptance. Yep. And, and then you start compromising too when you're trying to mm-hmm. get that acceptance, correct? David doesn't go the right direction, mm-hmm. you know? And you see it in high school when boys drop out versus boys that stay in school. Part mm-hmm. is they feel they're accepting of learning and growing. Wow. Big deal. No, it is. It's, it's totally, it's all enmeshed and it's all connected. So do you want to go back to the mountain mm-hmm. and the weather? As a dad, our kids are like the weather. They're good yeah. at change. We're the mountain. It doesn't matter if it's 18 feet of snow or it's 112 degrees in August. Mm-hmm. You're still the mountain. You, that is um, having a boundary. You're not mm-hmm. changing with them. You're there as they, they can bounce off you. Mm-hmm. And because you have boundaries, it helps them to have boundaries. So we got to be that constant. We got to be that anchor, correct? Yes, because many kids pick up on, they, we don't have to tell them when we feel like we need their emotional support, that kid becomes the parent. Mm. And that's why it's important to have boundaries. I get a lot of parents, they tell their kids all their problems. Like, oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. That's not for them. You got to have boundaries, whether it be going through a divorce or financial strength, I mean, within reason, but mm-hmm. not as an emotional support. Wow. No, that's a big one, David. A big one. If there's anything I was going to say today, it's probably what's gotten me to really work on the next book. If we have boundaries, we're not using our kids as our emotional network. Wow. And there's so many people who do that. I mean, even my, (sighs) my, my wife, her, you know, her parents, you know, they had Mm -hmm. a a pretty awful divorce and um, Mm. they pretty much just used her against each other. Yeah. You know, and it's sad. It's sad. You know, I want to get, let's touch on that blended families and divorce dad, you know, no matter what, your marital status is you're a dad for life, right, David? It doesn't yeah. matter. You're a dad for life. Number two, I've had some really ugly divorces this last year, David. Mm-hmm. Makes me never want to <laughs> do any more custody, you know, mediation. Yeah. But I tell dads, if you're bad mouthing their mother, you're bad mouthing 50% of your child. Wow. 
because they're 50% of her. Wow. Boundaries can't badmouth her. Well, what if she talks, you know, awful about me? So you don't need to be that person. Mm -hmm. And your son or daughter will appreciate your ability not to um, degrade their mother. Mm -hmm. I don't care what she says. That is gold. Yeah, that is no, gold. it is. Okay, you get remarried. You have stepchildren. And you're the dad. You're, you know, you're not the biological dad, but you're, you're in the role of a father. And their father might be a really troubled soul. I tell dads, don't, don't weigh in a judgment on them. Mm -hmm. Don't just be supportive and quiet. Be supportive of the kids and don't voice. You can talk to your wife about it privately, but not to the kids. Mm -hmm. That goes a long ways. I, I thought it was interesting that you said using your children as emotional support. I mean, oh. gosh, darn, that's David. It is so prevalent. It is mind boggling. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted, when I reached out to you, I want to talk about boundaries because that's probably. 50% of my work with young men leaving home mm -hmm. where they feel like they're emotionally responsible for one parent or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a talk about a ball and chain guilt, but that's part of leaving home and separating and individuating. Yes. Now uh, there's two types of family David on a spectrum. There's a mesh families over here mm -hmm. on the other end is disengaged families. Mm -hmm. They're like hotel guests. <laughs> they live in the same house. But they don't really know each other. Mm -hmm. And over here, they're in mesh. We're like, there's only one opinion, one ego, one thought, like a lump of mashed potatoes. Yes. Ideally, we're in the middle. There's a little bit of closeness and a little bit of distance in the middle. Mm -hmm. But a lot of families err on the emotional side because of the fear of abandonment. Like, I don't want you to leave me because they haven't, they haven't had those boundaries developed, David, to mm -hmm. be a uh, freestanding adult. Wow. Freestanding adult. And having children does not make you a freestanding adult. You do. Mm -hmm. You've got to do it. it. It's crazy that you said that because I see the correlation with my own family. Um, mm -hmm. When my brother passed away in 2020, um, or yeah, in 2020, um, my parents were so enmeshed with him to the point where it was, you know, I, I, I assume it was pretty um, hard on his wife. Okay. To now where he's gone, they didn't even have their identity. I mean, they don't even know who they are. So in a sense, it's a mm. good thing that he's gone because now they're having to deal with each other. They're going to have to rely on each other to right. get through this difficult time. Yes. And David, First of all, I'm sorry to hear about your brother, genuinely. And I, I, and I know you told me that before. And grief also forces you to develop boundaries. Yes. Because your mom and dad have to be freestanding adults. You're not going to allow them. You've got your family. You're, you have empathy, but you're not their uh, crutch. Yes. You're not the crutch. Mm -hmm. No, the only crutch is inside and their spiritual connection and, and their sense of hope and their moral compass. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, your brother passes and people call that the empty nest syndrome sometimes. Yes. I always hear that is um, I have done nothing personal to develop this. I relied on my child. I know it's 
that's a little heavy. I don't mean, I'm not trying to be. No, no, just, it's true though. It's, yeah. it's so true, you know, and it, it, yeah. it's, it's crazy that you say it like that because I mean, you see it even in shows like um, Yellowstone. Oh my, oh my God. Mean, yeah. And TV, I see it all over TV, you know, these different shows, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. other t- um, shows, movies. And I'm just like, well, I understand they're writing it because the people writing it haven't individuated. They don't have those emotional boundaries in their family. Mm-hmm. Many guys get married as a way of getting off the ranch. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they don't get off the ranch. They bring their wife to the ranch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Yep. I'm like, no, 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 no. You've got to, you can come and visit, but you can't live here metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we more men do that more than they're willingly to or willing to admit David, because I did it, you know, David, I did it too, to an extent we all did it. But once you realize that doesn't work, boy, your marriage gets better. Yes, absolutely. I, I cannot tell you how many women have come to my office. Go, you know, I'm, I'm second string in my marriage. Like, oh my God. Who's first string? Um, my mother-in-law I'm like, uh, right. Or I'm third string behind the mother-in-law and the career. Or fourth string behind mother-in-law, career, kids. <laughs> wow. Not good. Not good at all. Not That's good, a recipe. David. <laughs> I tell you, couples counseling always ask, uh, so on the death chart, where do you rank? <laughs> I love right? you now. You know, the, the football analogy. Like, okay, on the death chart, where do you rank? You won't believe the answers I get. Wow. I mean, I've had some women say, I don't think I'm on the list. I go, come on. I Speak from grace don't speak from anger mm-hmm. dr Port- we haven't had sex in five years okay you may not be on the list okay <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay you know okay i can't argue with that mm-hmm. i've got nothing on that one no and it's it, it's crazy because sometimes a, i know i know a lot of you know for myself okay speaking from my perspective uh-huh i didn't even realize i was doing it it was almost like i fell in this like auto autopilot autopilot exactly and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden i'm being told what i'm doing and it's like well i never meant it that way you know and then you you know what's the first response is to get kind of defensive and be like no you're you're making this up i never did that i don't know what's going on and and then you just kind of just totally just destroy them Mm -hmm. them because we're not even being empathetic to what they're feeling you know yeah and david I ask guys, if you're having problems in your marriage, are you living on your parents' ranch or have you and your wife created your own space? Now, a lot of guys say, well, we're living on her parents' ranch. Can't live on either one of them. No. You have to create your own island. It says in the Bible, you know, leave your parents and cleave and connect with your wife. Yes. In the Greek, it was connect, connect, mm-hmm. bond with your wife and create a world. That doesn't mean you can't love and support the extended family but you have to create your own home and that's having boundaries david going full circle back to that mm-hmm. so with your little boys teaching them how to say no mm-hmm. something as simple as do you want chinese food mexican food or sushi i don't know okay well then you're not gonna eat make a decision mm, i like that and i tell parents don't pick your kids clothes up you can give them three options you know but i have some parents their kids close out and the kids 12 or 13 I'm like what are you doing well i want to help them, not helping them 
Mm. You're controlling them. <laughs> Man, and that makes total sense because, uh, and I just to correlate this, okay? Yeah, go ahead. I saw this as something that was really interesting the other day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just giving options, right? Um, yes. One yes. of the things that was brought to our attention is, you know, one of, one of our apprentices, right? He said, you know, when I'm telling a lineman, yada, yada, to, to do this or whatever, you know, he tends to look at me, tell me, I don't know what the, the heck you're talking about. That. Yeah. And, and he'll throw it back at me or whatever. And one of the instructors we had there looked at him. He's like, oh, well, are you giving him options? How about approaching him from a different aspect to where you're actually bringing him something that he can use? Because in the heat of the moment, if you're telling him, no, you can't do this. And it's the same thing. And I, I tie this back with our children yes. or even our spouse. If mm -hmm. you're telling them, no, human nature is to get rebellious and say, mm -hmm. tell me what I can and cannot do. Right. But instead, have the option there for them and be like, here, you want to use this? And then it's kind of yeah. like. It, it, like it diffuses that whole situation and they're like, Oh, thanks. Yeah. You know, and take it, you know what I mean? David, so. that's brilliant. Um, you know, I tell parents like they get, a, don't get a power struggle with your teenager. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the discussion, like, well, have you considered this? Here's some ideas. Have you thought about this and this? I got one kid that wants to leave high school, go to junior college for a year and then go to college. Mm -hmm. I go, okay. So have you considered if you do this, this will happen. Boys get consequences. But if we only give them a monorail, one option, they're not going to get that. Mm. Now, I'm not, now, I tell parents, don't give them too many options, but two or three is good. Mm -hmm. Like with clothes, simple stuff like your six-year-old. Okay, honey, here's three outfits. Pick one. Okay, I want to do that. And after a while, they learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you want to take your bath first or brush your teeth? I'll brush my teeth. Okay. Tomorrow. Do you want to take, you know I mean, after all, they start to make choices. You're teaching them they can make choices. Mm -hmm. So they hit high school and they're already got this. They've already got that um, paradigm. They've already mm -hmm. got that mechanism working, David. Wow. It starts a little, I swear to God. Yeah. And it's simple. Yes. <laughs> think okay. About it. You, listen. Okay. Clothing like with girls. Okay. I, I used to go close shot on my daughter she's now 28 and because her, her and her mom would just be and I, I go okay madison you have to pick three outfits out because she was the other way she couldn't make a decision to save her life mm -hmm. i'm not leaving here until you pick buy three things david she literally tested me once <laughs> no i know i sat in a department store and i i think i was good I wanted to lay on the floor and go to bed. It was like, I go, honey, we got to pick up three. Uh, she finally did it. Wow. It, I, it was one of those moments. I, I knew now other girls buy 30. Okay. Then I'd say you only get one. Okay. But my daughter, she was so indecisive. Mm -hmm. She said she used to put stuff on her Amazon in her shopping cart. She had like 40 items, but couldn't decide on which one to get. Mm -hmm. And then she'd come back. Sometimes it'd be deleted. Cause it was like 30 days later. <laughs> right. This is a true story. This is, and so I would make her, I, okay. If we go, when we go, you have to come up with three items. Wow. And one of them cannot be a handkerchief. Okay. That does not count. <laughs> a scarf <laughs> is not I'm talking clothing items before she went to college. It literally, I remember sitting in a department store only in the middle of the summer, like 
I'm watching paint dry. Okay, I'm going to watch paint dry. Uh, <laughs> but I had to make a boundary with her. I had to keep my word. Mm-hmm. I had to keep my word. Man, and, and it's awesome, you know, um, it's awesome to see that you kept your word. You were that rock. You were that mountain that you talked about at the beginning. Yes. Throughout this show, you were the constant there. You, you know, know, and David, think, and I tell dads, let's say they're divorced, they don't see their kids that often. Mm-hmm. You're still the rock. Mm-hmm. you're still there emotionally there are a lot of kids with their dads physically and have no relationship so don't mm-hmm. buy that myth all right mm-hmm. you can be a constant reaching out emotionally there's so many different ways to connect your kids and when they're with them boundaries and options like you said with that guy boundaries mm-hmm. well uh steve once again man thank you so much oh, for your wisdom brother and uh we're going to have to do a part two of this because this is so big. Um, oh my when's, God. Your, when's your book going to be coming out? Well, okay. I have got to set a boundary with myself and get the proposal. Ri- I've got it. I just got to put it together. Okay. And get it sold. I think it's already sold. I just have to do it. And the name of the book is um, Men's Health and Masculinity, a 360 overview. Okay. Okay. How to be a man. How to be a what man. Is mas- and everything we just talked about, David, this is the book. Mm. And it starts with boundaries. Amen. I need to get that from you. <laughs> Done. And when I do it, I'll give you a hundred of them. You know, pass them along when I get them. Okay. Right on, brother. Well, once again, thank you so thank much you. for coming on here and sharing your your knowledge, brother. We appreciate you. And oh, thank uh, you. I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Bye. God bless, David. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Take care. Okay. Bye bye.